here's a grief announcement that I know you are going to love. I'm going to say it all of February. Join us for our 28 days active healing challenge. Yes, 28 days of actively healing, right? How we're going to do that? We're going to do a soul up of emotionally, mentally, or physically doing something for 28 days to actively heal. See, these, this active healing training is really going to give us an opportunity to be committed, to be focused. Remember, I told you, you have to take action. You have to do things to feel better because grief and heartbreak can feel so bad, right? So if we continue to move in the right direction, I sh by moving our bodies, by moving our minds, by moving our spirit, I strongly believe we will emotionally heal what we probably do not understand right now. So I'll be saying the same thing all month. Join our 28 days of active healing challenge where on all my social media platforms, Pinterest, Instagram, Herdeen Mercy or Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to connect and join in, you do not want to miss out on it. I want you to tag me. I want you to show me what you're doing. I want you to participate because I really do believe this 28 days is going to really help you get to a place where you feel better about yourself. And now let me give you some little details. Every morning, starting February the 1st at 6 a.m., your task for today, your task that you would need to take action on will be released so you have to follow me on my social media platforms at herdeen mercier where you'll get the update of what you need to do to actively heal to focus for 28 days let's do it <laughs> let's not just be about it let's take action because we're going to actively heal for 28 days in February. I think you first have to be honest, like you said, in the sense of this, like, do you even really want to feel better? Greetings. Welcome. Hey, y'all. Into my peeps. Sac passe. I'm Herdeen Mercier, your proud host of the Redefining Grief podcast. Well, here is another episode and I truly hope all is well with you. And my prayer is you are able to see the small gratitudes that come to you every day. Take a deep breath. Breathe out. You're here. And because you are here, you still have purpose. And I strongly believe that sometimes that purpose is clouded by grief and heartbreak. But the moment you take action, the moment you decide that enough is enough, I am going to act on this by healing, by doing what is necessary to educate myself, 
like listening to the podcast or joining the Grief Crusader community. And if you are new to the podcast, I welcome you. I welcome you. You are officially a Grief Crusader and I want to let you know you can join our free Grief Crusader community at www.herdeenmercier.com forward slash resources. When you get to the site, there will be two things that you can do. The first thing is join the community. The second thing that you can do is download a free resource book that is going to help you really process and understand grief. Because see here at the Grief Crusaders community and on this grief mic, I want to remind you, when you empower yourself through education, the anxiety, the frustration and the unknowns are minimized. And it doesn't make healing so scary. It won't. It won't. And while you're here, I want to let you know that the Grief Crusaders community has sponsored this podcast episode. And I am so thankful for that. Um, Without further ado, I have to let you know today's podcast guest. Oh, I met her on social media. I learned of her on social media, and I invited invited her to join me in a conversation. Why? I really want us as grief crusaders to look at other grievers and really process their experience, get the wisdom that you need to um, extract from their experience, and then take the next best step towards your healing. That is what this is all about. I always say this life isn't perfect, but the requirement of living it is. And I sure want you to live. And living sometimes require us to embrace the happy times and the sad times and not run away from it. So without further ado, let me introduce Miss J. Nicole Jones. Mrs. J. Nicole Jones is a speaker, a podcast host of the Grief Bully podcast. Mrs. J. Nicole is a life impactor. She plans to impact your life by communicating that you have to learn how to thrive You have to learn on how to create a healthier place for you. And you have to learn the importance of managing your grief journey. She is a native of New Jersey. And when I tell you her podcast, her social media is really about educating individuals on this thing called grief, especially if you have lost someone, right? And what I love about the things that she is doing is she also tells me I'm not alone and there is somebody else. It's just nice to know there is somebody else spreading this good message that you too can be empowered. You too can be enlightened. You too can be be educated about your grief journey. And so without further ado, I want to introduce none other then Mrs. J. Nicole Jones to the Redefining Grief podcast.
Welcome, 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 Jay Nicole, to the Grief Crusaders community. Welcome to the Redefining Grief podcast. I am so honored to have this conversation with you today because I strongly believe that two sisters, right, who I met, I really found you on social media and I was like, I would love to have you on because I really do believe that oftentimes when you're doing this grief work, you feel like you're own, all alone. And to have you on for us to really dissect, give information in its truth, in its truth, I believe in truth will set you free. Okay. And so how can we talk about today, this thing that, you know, we shouldn't be able to really run from this grief, really finding a way to embrace the grief so that we can live a full life. And before I even get there, how did you? accept this calling on your life or what journey got you here? Well, thank you first for having me on the show. I'm definitely excited to be here. Like you said, two people with a similar mission getting together, it's got to be a good thing. So I'm just going to settle in and get into this conversation with you. As far as answering the call, I think what I've learned over my journey, and I don't know that I knew initially that it was what we might call a calling over my life. But what I've learned is that those things that burden our hearts the most, where it might bother some people, trip them up a little bit, but for us or people who it's your purpose, whatever that might be for you, you can kind of tell like, okay, I think this is an area that I feel like God is calling me to. And then I was a little apprehensive. I'm like, ah, grief, you know, it's heavy, but I've had some unfortunate losses in my life and it just made me feel that this conversation is not being had enough and that we need to make grief not be so taboo. And then one, one time my pastor preached and, and, and a quote that I wrote down that he said was, your anointing has an audience. Yeah, right. That's fire, right? It's that, fire. Is what, that is what the grief community calls a pow pow, pearls of wisdom. Okay. You hear your anointing. Say that one again. Yeah, that's a shout out to Dr. Darius Daniels. I can't take credit for it, oh but he said, God. your, your anointing has an audience. Mm. And that was just like such confirmation because when I went, went to start doing a grief work and launch my podcast, the grief bully podcast, some people were like, you might run out of topics or, you know, some people don't feel comfortable speaking about grief and just all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and for a minute, for a little minute, I'm like, mm, perhaps, but I still went forward with it. And, and that's where we are today. So I'm, I'm still rocking and rolling in the grief space. I am so glad you went forward with it. Um, and now I am having this opportunity to speak to the grief bully herself. So tell me how you are bullying grief. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, I am Jane Nicole, the grief bully. And so I'm, I'm working through it in the sense of the concept really came in the fact that a lot of times we feel beaten up by our grief. We feel like it's, it's weighing us down and that becomes a really big issue. And so what I wanted to do was to have a community come together and fight grief together and to bully grief together and not let it bully us or push us around. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we are. And I think the biggest distinction in terms of what that looks like is essentially making a choice, mm-hmm. making a choice that I am not going to allow my grief to do this. And, and this is the thing. I don't want it to, to steal my joy twice. And I think joy is a, is a choice, right? So my grief 
mission and bullying grief is more so into the area of loss of loved ones because as you know grief can be a multitude of things yes but for me it's specifically that and so I lost my friend in 2013 and I lost my grandmother in 2016 and then most recently in 2019 I lost my father and so from just those missions I just felt like this is an experience that we go through in life that we need people to have these conversations and so I'm I'm bullying it through my podcast which is a a vehicle for other people like yourself to have a platform for people to share their stories and that helps like Mm -hmm. in your journey as a coping skill helping other people for me has been very very beneficial and I've learned a lot I've learned a lot I've become a better listener Mm -hmm. and so that's helped me bully grief and then through my social media platform I'm constantly just posting things and build a community there and the main thing is togetherness and so that's what we're doing to to bully it like I'm, I'm not gonna let it beat us up you know I like what you said you are not gonna allow it to steal your joy twice you know oftentimes I feel that individuals do not realize how much that heartbreak is really robbing them from the quality of their life And so that is why I always say to the Grief Crusaders community, you got to take action today. You know, you can talk about it. You can feel like you want to go dump on a therapist, but, or your friend, whatever you're going to do to emotionally dump. But if you do not put action behind it, you are just talking about it. You are not actively healing. And so my word for this year is consistently showing up, mm-hmm. right? And then my motto for this year is actively healing. What mm-hmm. does that look like? If you do not open your, if you open your calendar right now and do not see action behind healing, you're just talking about it. And so Absolutely. how do we get individuals to really embrace this thing like you take this grief by the bullhorn Mm -hmm. you shake it and you ride it because it will feel like a roller coaster ride and you move forward and I talk about this I teach five grief five grief anchors and the very first one is telling the truth Mm -hmm. how do you feel um Jay Nicole about us really telling the truth about our grief journey Yeah, I love that. I think it's super important. And what I heard there was faith without works is dead, right? And so Mm -hmm. we we absolutely have to do our part and to whom much is given, much is absolutely required. And I think that that's scary for people. I think the victim is easier, is safer. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of us just, just fall back onto because it's just like, hey, you know, woe is me. But not to be rude by any means, but everyone's lost someone. Mm -hmm. everyone's lost a job everyone's been like not everyone a lot of people have been divorced like there are Mm -hmm. so many different things that happen and it's not just specific to us although how it impacts us is certainly different but I think it's really important for us to like you said how do we get people to see that that's what you have to do but I think it's I think you first have to be honest like you said in the sense of this like do you even really want to feel better Mm. Right. Because you can you can think that you want to feel better because that's what you think like you're supposed to do. But some people I've experienced, it seems like they they don't really want to because that's familiar. The the trauma, the pain, the the agony, the discomfort, like all of that is familiar. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's easier to be. So I think you have to ask yourself, Mm -hmm. do I really want to be better? 
what does being better even mean? Because me feeling better and happy and you feeling better and happy in our circumstance could, could look different. But I think the truth of it really has to be because I've learned a lot in the truth and, and through grief work, I've had, I have a grief therapist, so mm-hmm. I can't take full credit, mm-hmm. but I had to really get truthful about why these losses are really troubling me. What else is there? What's the, when you peel back that onion behind the loss, what else is there? And so like, for example, I learned that when I lost my grandmother, she was a safe haven for me. And so truthfully speaking, it wasn't just that she was like dead in terms of that, but, but what that meant for me, like my stability, my rock. And then why is that important? Well, because I dealt with a lot of trauma at a young age and that was who I clung to and that was safe and security. So it made sense when I would make statements, like I feel naked in this world. I'm, I'm surrounded, surrounded by tons of people. Mm -hmm. I have a strong support system, Mm -hmm. but with that particular person and you use the word anchor Mm -hmm. gone, truthfully, it had a lot more to do with me as a child than it did as me as an adult, both equally affected, but that's the type of thing. So yeah, I, I agree with you with that anchor. I think truth is important. I think truth is important, but you also went into my second anchor, which is the heart anchor. Mm. It was you examining your heart to realize, okay, you've lost individuals before. Why is, why is my grandmother's death, you know, hindering me right now in such, in a way that I've never felt before. Mm. And you decided to get uncomfortable and examine your heart and really go through, oh, I'm uncomfortable because she was my anchor and I feel naked. And so you got your power back by identifying it because you took the time to examine your heart. And I strongly believe when we take the time to examine our heart, we open ourselves to the possibility of healing. And I want to thank you for getting uncomfortable and realizing and when you get uncomfortable, healing comes right behind it. Now, my third anchor is talking about the connection anchor, right? Community Mm -hmm. with individuals. What does it look like on your calendar? Who is the people? Who are the individuals you're connected with on this journey? Because we know the truth is not everybody can be in your grief squad helping Mm -hmm. you get yourself together. Yeah, no. That's certainly true. I think it's heavy. I think it's heavy to hold someone's grief and to and to walk with them on that journey for sure. But I married so my spouse, my mm-hmm. mother, mm-hmm. Uh, I have a I have friends that I've been friends with for one of them we just it's just like been about 3 decades and mm-hmm. so a good a good a good group of us have been friends for over 2 decades. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly in communication. But I also think that there's people who I've met that I don't, I actually haven't physically met in person that I've met on social media that are also in my, my grief, my grief anchors, my grief squad that have really helped because I think that although some people intention is absolutely in the right place, if you haven't experienced it, I do think sometimes it's hard to really be as empathetic that as empathetic as it might need. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't be compassionate. I think yeah. a lot of people can be compassionate, but to say, I can imagine mm-hmm. how you feel mm-hmm. and not that I can't imagine how you feel. So yeah, so I've, I've been very blessed in that area. I have to really be honest. I have a lot of people whom I trust and my mom, I don't know if I mentioned her, like we mm-hmm. have a great relationship. 
and we talk constantly. And this is going to be a funny one that probably you wouldn't expect, but my nephews and nieces, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't have children, but like, if I'm in a struggle bus, when it comes to grief and loss, like if I just look at their pictures or watch videos of them or like FaceTime them or call them, it, it has the power to just like change me out of that mode and remember I still have so much to live for. So much joy is right in their eyes. So even though they don't know it, they're by far some of my my greatest inspiration and my greatest friends. I love that part. You know, oftentimes um, individuals feel alone. We both know that it is a myth that you grieve alone. I think the power that you get as a griever is really identifying who are the individuals that snap us out of it. Because this thing about grief is people are trying to rush through it. Like they're Mm -hmm. trying to make this thing a race. And I constantly try to remind the grief crusader community that this is a marathon. You are in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. And, And this race called grief you will have triggers, you will have hurdles that you would have to jump, right? And to know that what makes landing or coming down off that grief, emotional roller coaster is that you can look at your niece and nephews and say, this is the reminder that I needed, Mm -hmm. that I'm gonna allow myself this space and time to grieve and then take a a healthy step for healing. And they are it. So really, look, really looking at our children sometimes or family members or friends um, or coworkers even um, is powerful. What is the biggest thing for you as a griever that you find to be so beneficial to receive from your grief community? So my grief community in terms of other, other bereaved folks that I'm associated with, no, your grief, your grief squad. Oh, what okay. is it that you get from them? Um, besides, you know, you said the niece and the nephew, but what else? Is there something else that this one pillar that makes them so unique and special for you? Because we know that grief is like your DNA, very unique mm-hmm. for you. And your healing process and that roadmap is going to be different for you. I think for me, the biggest thing that I get from them is that although I am the grief bully and although I'm in this space that I need support too, and that I'm, and that I'm, I'm human and I, and I hurt and I don't know the answers to everything and that it could seem on any day that this is day one, it can seem like I'm just left a funeral perhaps. And so I think that giving that grace to me and that space to just move through it is is super important and so I think that's the biggest thing and also understanding that my love language is words of affirmation and I'm more of a of a words person mm-hmm. and so speaking to me as such is, is has been very beneficial for my my grief squad oh I love there's nothing like grace yeah you know I tell everybody all the time yeah we study grief but we're also human too mm-hmm. and we need time to heal We need time to just check out. We need time to recharge. I have literally just came back from a six months of just chilling and relaxing. And sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. And centering myself again, 
because we both know that this work is heavy, but when you love what you do, sometimes it doesn't seem like work, but to really best serve the ones that we are serving, we really have to recharge, take time to recharge. I heard in a, actually on Clubhouse, it's the new thing. I don't know if you, you heard me. You want Clubhouse too? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And so on Clubhouse, someone said that we, and I never heard this until this day, mm-hmm. that we we pour from the saucer because we, we can't pour from all our cup sometimes. Like we have to pour from the saucer. And I was like, like our cup has to be filled Mm-hmm. And then the excess. So whatever's on the saucer is what we can give from. So like if our cup's not full, we don't have as much to give. So that excess that we get is where we give the best from. I never heard that before. And so that, and I was like, I was like, what do they mean give by the saucer? I'm like, oh, like whatever is spilling over onto the saucer when you have your mug, uh-huh. that's where we give from because we have to be full in order to extend. And so that just reminded me of that. And I also have a quote where it's like, when you're shining your light on the world, be careful that your own backyard doesn't get too dark. Yep. I got chills. Like, I just want to take a moment for the listeners to really get that. Because so many, you know, I'm island, right? I'm, my family has a Haitian background. I'm from the islands. I was born and raised in the States. And I'm just thinking about the saucer. Like my mom used to have us when we would have guests over. We used to serve with the saucer under, right? But But it was taboo to make anything drop on this. So now to really see that, like, what? You're right. We should be serving from the saucer mm-hmm. and we should be making sure that our background, our back, we should be making sure that our backyard does not get dark. That is powerful. So true. And it's so easy to neglect self, especially when you're on a, when you're on a purpose mission. Mm -hmm. So when you feel like you are, are living a purpose-filled life, a purpose-driven life and money isn't the inspiration, I think personally that becomes more dangerous because you don't feel that you're operating from greed. You feel like you're serving God. And if you believe in God, you're serving Mm -hmm. God and you're Mm -hmm. doing this, this life work. How dare you take a break or slow down? People need you. This is your call and this is what you have to do. But we need that. We need that time. And, and I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it. I find ba- balance now. Sometimes I, I used to just try to respond so quickly. And now I'm just like, okay, like I, this is grief, right? So I do need time to process what they're saying and try to work through it. And sometimes you have to be mindful that you're not speaking and answering from your own experience too much and your own trauma and, and so forth and so on. So I try to always evaluate and speak from that different space. So it can be a lot though, but it's, it's su- super rewarding, like you said, but it can certainly be a lot. So a break is always good. I got one plan soon, hopefully. I mean, coming good. good. Easy, just kind of regroup. Good, good. You know, when you said that, I thought about my own political grief, you know, grief mm-hmm. gets, comes in many form. And last week I had political grief watching the White House, right? Yeah. And I remember 
my daughter coming in the room, and I was explaining this to Gail King when I called into her show last week talking about political grief. And Gail asked me, this is what happened. She, I said, Gail, I'm speechless. I have no words. I am a therapist. I'm a grief coach. But when I tell you, when my 12-year-old daughter, Azriel, came into the room and says, why is this happening? Why aren't they stopping her? stopping them actually why i remember and she says i remember black lives matters and all the people were on in front of the capitol building i had no words and you're right i had no words and my power in that moment was looking at my 12 year old daughter and answering i don't know because I think I was breaking down mm. as a Black woman mm. and experiencing my grief and seeing what I already knew to be true. We are treated differently. Yeah, I think thinking it and, and reading about it, hearing about it, and then seeing it the way that we did is definitely life-changing, especially when you have a 12-year-old who can articulate that and see the distinctions there because there was nothing that couldn't have told me that if it was people of color, it would have most certainly been a bloody massacre. I mean, that's just the reality of what would have happened. And so to see that was very, very heavy Mm -hmm. And we both know grief by definition is deep sorrow and it's very sorrowful and it's still kind of lingering. It's still lingering. It's still out there. And, and I think we're tired. Yeah. I think we're tired. I think, I don't believe it's just people of color that are tired. I think a lot of people together this year, well, 2020, if you will. And now Mm -hmm. this year also, it's been a lot, it's been a lot. So I think it's been an extreme, extreme year of grief for sure. Yeah. And I do remember my husband, who's also a, a clinician, he was able to answer her. Mm. And, and then the next day, I think I finally found some words where I could like, okay, yeah, let's talk, Azzy, you know, let's talk about what you saw. Mommy's going to talk about what, what I saw. Cause I strong, what I saw, I strongly believe and listen to this. Like I strongly believe when you heal, you also heal the next generation. Mm-hmm. When you heal, you also heal the next generation. And that is why I am on this campaign of educating, informing, having dialogue to talk about grief. And I say this in my interviews, I am making grief sexy. And people people like probably clutch their pearls. I am making grief sexy by talking about the stuff that people don't wanna talk about so that you can get to sexy and living a life that is filled with purpose. And I say this, I have an entire episode, Stop Policing Grief. We got to, we got to. And I really wanna thank you, Jay Nicole, really for just stopping by having this community having this dialogue with me on the powers of really embracing it not running away from it now before you get off my grief mic I do have to ask you um, some of my pearls of wisdom pow pow question let's do it the very first one is 
What have you learned about yourself since redefining the grief in your life? I trust me. I trust me. I trust myself with my emotions. So I don't know that I always did that because I think it came with a certain level of needed vulnerability that can be uncomfortable and scary. But because I've had to allow myself to do that gut-wrenching, knees, fall to the floor, scream, cry, kick. But now I know I'll be okay. So I can do that more frequently. It's not as like, no, I, don't, I can't. It's like, let's, let's have it. Because I know that I can bounce back and recover back where I didn't always know that. I think what I got from that also is it's okay for you to hit rock bottom you may break, you may crack, but you are not broken. Mm. Yes, not broken. And I think so many individuals are afraid to crack because they think they wouldn't be put back together. And I strongly believe if you allow yourself to grieve, you crack, you will get back together, but you'll be stronger than ever. Mm -hmm. My second question is, if today was your last day on earth and you had five words, what would they be? Woo. That, do people just answer that straight yes. up? <laughs> they usually do what you do. Woo. Yeah. Woo. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm pretty good at answering questions. <laughs> that one definitely was like, wow. All right. So it's what are five words you said? Five words or less. Or less that I would say if today was my last day. Mm -hmm. Keep the legacy going. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I, that's what I work for. I wanted this to be beyond me. It's bigger than me. So I would just say that and, and pray that, that that happens. You know, I will tell you this. I think from the time I was seven, I really thought, um, I would chase my parents down if they were going to a funeral. I had to be there. I thought my life calling was supposed to be a mortician. Mm. Spent some time working at a funeral home and realized I don't want nothing to do with the body, right. but I was very interested with the individuals who were there mm. and helping and supporting them. And my seven-year-old mind would always say, you know, why do people have to die, you know? And I think I kept asking that question with every funeral that I went to because I learned a life lesson every time I went to a funeral. And by the time I was a teen, I was able to say to myself, well, I'm not going to die. I'm just not going to die. How her dean, oftentimes individuals will ask, I say, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. I'm going to be so full when I leave, live my life that I'm going to also be teaching my children how to as well. Mm -hmm. So my legacy will live on through them. Yep. Love it. Love it. I'm right there with you. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So my last final redefining grief question is during your dark days, I know my dark days when I have them, I love to sing. What is one song that has gotten you through? Dark days. I, I, it's hard to pick one. It's hard to pick one, but I will. I would just. I will probably go by. Lately, I would say the Maudette Clark. It 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 ain't over. The Clark sisters. Mm -hmm. 
until God says so. That song always gets his key fighting, key pressing, so victory is won. That's 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 it. That's one that through some of the darkest times, even beyond before I was the grief bullying mm-hmm. and doing grief work just in my trouble sometimes, that song always just gave me that like extra fight, like to just keep going. It's like a song that like you think it's over and then it's like keeps coming back. So yeah, that's my song right there. Good, good, good. I love it. Thank you so much, Jay Nicole, for being a part of the Redefining Grief podcast. Thank you for serving our, my community, the Grief Crusaders. I know it is going to be a blessing to them. They are going to be able to marinate on your words and find the solutions and the freedom to take that step in taking action and stop running away from the journey of grieving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, guys, don't keep running it because if it catches you, let it. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the work that you do. And for all the grief crusaders out there in the community, keep pushing, keep fighting. And thank you guys for allowing me to share my love and light with you today. Thank you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can you say pow, pow, pow? Now you know if you're new to the Grief Crusaders community and the Redefining Grief podcast, pow is just saying pearls of wisdom. And when I tell you, Mrs. J. Nicole Jones, she really, really, really hit us across the head with her wisdom in love. Can I just say this? So many great takeaways. When I think about the backyard, I love being in my backyard and I'm always going to now be reminding myself to ask myself, is the light shining back there? Oh, so good. Am I pouring from, um, from just the cup or I'm pouring from access? I just got that. There's just so many great nuggets that she shared and I know you enjoyed them as well. So what I want to tell you, Please subscribe to her podcast, The Grief Bully, The Grief Bully Podcast. Please follow her on social media, Mrs. J. Nicole Jones. She's on social media. And, and if we added any great value, if you took any nuggets away from this episode that really has impacted you in a way to stretch you and fill your cup on your grief journey, go ahead. Yes, go over to social media, tag us, take a screenshot of the podcast episode, tag us and tell us what it is it is that you've taken away from this episode. I cannot wait to learn what you are learning. And let me tell you, when I read the stats and I see people in the UK, South Korea, the United States, Australia, Australia, is really tapping in on this message of redefining grief. I am so encouraged to just keep getting on the grief mic and keep empowering you all to let you all know that this life, I know it's not perfect, but you got to live it. I believe in you. I believe in your journey. You do not have to do this alone. huh? You do not have to do this alone. And I am going to close with what Miss J. Nicole said, please do not allow your heartbreak or your grief to rob you of joy for a second time. Chills. I just got chills. 
honor your grief so that you can thrive in living by embracing happiness and sadness because they too can coexist. Ciao, ciao.